here we are on our Ephesians series. We're at the, the middle of the point in the series. So we're gonna be finishing chapter three today. I mentioned to you guys last week that this is the message I've been waiting for for this whole series, and I'm so thankful you guys are here in person to participate in this with us. And here's the thing is that we're gonna be talking about a verse I assume most of you guys have talked about or listened to or read or been inspired by, which is the Ephesians 3.20 Um, inspirational verse of the Bible. But I've been thinking about this a lot, actually for a really long time, and and just feeling like, Lord, some of these verses that are so inspiring, if all we had to do was just read it and believe it, then we all would be doing so much better in our lives, right? So what is it that is different about what's on the page and then what's actually taking root in our life? So today, I'm gonna give you the 10 steps to seeing this happen in your life. And I'm gonna say this is so audacious of me, but I genuinely believe this. If you will partner with God and do these things, because they're actually all in the text today, you will see God bring this verse into your life. It is a declaration that is the will of God. I really believe that, and it it will make sense when I get into this with you, but I wanna say something before we start reading in the text, and it's this. Um, I've been, I love motivational speakers. I don't know about you, but I just, I really enjoy being inspired. Like, that's kind of my, my hobby, <laughs> is being inspired and following people on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. And I've been following a couple people, and I've been feeling this, like, if any of you guys are discerning in the room, it's like sometimes you're listening to something and you can't figure out what it is you're feeling in you because what they're saying is totally right, but for some reason in your gut, you're like, I can't quite tell. And there was a couple of these people that I've been listening to and they're great people and we all are inspired by them and it's awesome, but there was something in me that was like, what is it? I can't quite put my finger on it. And so I started asking the Lord, what am I, what am I missing? And this is what the Lord began to show me. He said, inspiration and tips to achieve your greatness are great, as long as you're partnering with God. When we recognize that we, are, that we have greatness inside of us, right? We've been talking about this the last several weeks, this Ephesians 1 reality that you are in Christ, that God has chosen you, that he has put a calling on your life. When we recognize that, it's like, oh wow, this is awesome. But that thing, that dream that you wanna pursue, if that dream you're trying to pursue to gain your own appreciation of yourself, your own significance, to feel more loved, we all, like, we all have dreams like that. It's like, oh, I wanna do this, but at the heart of that dream is really to feel more loved. God can't really bless that dream. Why? Because you already are loved by him. Do you see what I'm saying? And so the Lord began to talk to me and he said, if you take these principles of, of achieving greatness in your life, you will have a little bit of success, but the internal spirit inside of you can never be fulfilled outside of Jesus right? So we can say all day long, there's greatness inside of you, and you can get up and be motivated and pursue that greatness, but if you're not pursuing that with God, it will not be fulfilling to you, right? And so I want to say all of that before we get into what I believe is one of the most motivational messages in the whole Bible, because the reality is the first thing we have to do is understand that partnership with God is the most important thing you can do in your life. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna start in Ephesians 3, verse 14 and 15, and I've put these up on the screen. I've underlined some things for you to direct your eyes to. And the first part of the verse, this is, we're gonna be reading from the Passion Translation if you wanna follow along in your own Bible. And this is Paul praying. So remember, he's been talking about your identity for the last, the whole first part of the letter of the book of Ephesians. And now he's gonna start praying. This is the second of the three prayers that Paul has in the book of Ephesians. You will notice when Paul prays, it is strategic prayer. 
these prayers are a process to transformation, okay? It's not just words floating around, it's actually steps that you can take. So here we go. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. <clears throat> We're going to break these down and talk about them as we go through this. God wants to be your perfect dad. So here's the thing. This is where it all starts. It starts with understanding that you are God's child. You are his son. You are his daughter. And God wants to be close to you. If you, we've got Thanksgiving coming around the corner. If you have a big family, you might have the great-grandpa or the great-grandma that kind of sits in the chair, you know, and you either go over to them and say hi or you really don't chat with them, right? If you've got a really big family, you know what I mean. And, and so you can have like a patriarch of the family that very few people interact with. That's not how God is, right? Sometimes we think, oh God, you're my dad. I get that, like Father God, I know I'm supposed to address you like that, but we kind of treat him like a several generations back sitting in the corner and it's cool he's there because we come from him, but we don't have that close relationship with him. But what Paul is saying here is that everything begins with the reality that God is your perfect dad. In the earth today, very few dads are perfect. And men, this is your take a deep breath day, right? Because you don't have to be perfect because God is the perfect father. We all need a good dad in our life. And if you don't have one that's your earthly dad, even if you have one that's your earthly dad, God is even better. There's a hilarious Rick Pino song that goes, we have the best dad in the whole world. And that's how it's like a clown song. We have the best dad in the whole world. That's how it goes. And I remember when I went into this season of my life where I began to learn how God was my dad, like my real dad, like it didn't feel weird to call him dad, right? Because it always kind of feels weird until you develop that relationship. And I would listen to the song and I would crank it up with the windows down, it was summer, and I would just be sobbing to basically circus tunes. It was the weirdest experience. But it was doing something in my heart. You're so right, we have the best dad. And that's what Paul is saying here. He is the perfect father. So I know we could gloss over this into what we're going to get into, but the thing I really felt like the Lord wanted like a full stop on this moment to say, if you want to see the Ephesians 3.20, God will do more than you could ever ask for or imagine in your life. And I think we all do. It starts with connecting with God as your dad. It starts with that. It is the first thing that Paul is saying. I'm kneeling before Jesus' dad and our dad because he's the perfect dad. So this is step one. We're going to connect and align. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you ten steps, okay? We're going to connect and align. I know it's going to be kind of hard to see. With God as our dad. So that's the first thing you got to do. Then the next thing you got to do, we're going to go to verse 16. He says, and I pray that he would unveil, this is God the Father, okay? So we pray to Jesus, and Jesus is our Lord, and I don't want anything I'm about to say to diminish the presence of Jesus because he is the Savior, but God is Jesus' God and Father, right? And Paul always prays to God the Father. So we can pray to Jesus, and Jesus will respond to that, but there is something really powerful when we understand that Jesus does the will of the Father, right? And so we can't just ignore the father. We have to come to him. We have to align ourselves as his child. So God, so he's praying. I pray that he, the father, would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. That alone is pretty fantastic. I don't know about you, but I read that and I'm like, that would be pretty amazing in my life. 
I had an experience similar to this. Last year in October, Grant got, went through his ordination ceremony, and we were being on the stage being prayed for by all these amazing people, and um, I had a very strange experience where while we were being prayed for, I began to see like a vision, but the person who came and prayed for me started narrating the vision that I was seeing, and it freaked me out. Okay, can I just go ahead and say that? I'd never experienced something like that. I know it's actually in the Bible, but I just, it was new to me, and I, I was, well, this is the picture, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you, and in the picture, I was at this table, and there was this enormous sort of Joanna Gaines table, right? It was so beautiful, like multiple tiers of food and foliage, and it was so pretty, like the most amazing banquet and all these people were around the table and I was walking up to the table like I would at a party so now men I know most of you guys you see the buffet and you're like let's do it right put it in there fast as I can women we tend to approach a buffet of like how many people are in the room how much can I take so I'm not taking from somebody else there's only five of those little cakes how many people are here all right I'll take half of one and leave for the rest right both are right and fine it's not wrong to approach it like that it's just kind of how we are and that's a little bit how I approached this table was kind of like aware of the needs of everybody else as well and while I'm seeing this vision the person that's praying for me literally says out loud just reach out and take it and I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And he started saying, it's yours, it's been given to you, reach out and take it. So the next thing in my picture that I'm seeing in my mind's eye, I reached out and I grabbed something, like two rolls, okay? Like there's so much at this table, I grabbed two rolls. And the amazing thing is that they didn't even move from the table. They were immediately replenished in this vision. This is what the unlimited riches of God means. There is literally, you cannot deplete them. It's like miraculous replenishment. Sometimes we approach God and we say, well, if I take you up on this, Lord, what's that going to mean for my spouse or my kids or whatever? If I really go deep in you, there's only so much, right? No, in the kingdom of God, there's no zero balance, right? It's not like if there's two on the table and I take one, there's only one left for you. No, it's constantly replenishing. So what Paul is saying is first you've got to connect to God, and then the second thing you've got to do is remove the veil. So I brought for you a little veil, Right? If I wore this on my head, it would be super weird, first of all. And second of all, I can see that there are people here, but some of you, I can't see your face. Why? Because I can see a little bit, but I can't see the full picture. What God is saying, what Paul is saying, by the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm asking that the Father would remove the veil so that you can actually see what's available to you. Because when you see what's available to you, the next thing that happens is that supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. What that means is all of a sudden you realize what's available to you and now you get godly courage. You get confidence. You get where you stand up and you come to the Lord and you expect him to meet with you. Why? Because now you're seeing clearly. If I came here and I laid out a table of a million dollars and I was like, come on guys. It's yours. That would be amazing, right? But I'm like, just take it. Some of you guys, if you have the veil, you'd be like, is that money or are those bricks? I can't tell. You see what I'm saying? But Paul goes, remove that veil so that you can see what's available to you. And now that you see that it's been given, it's like you stand up and you go, oh, I didn't even realize. 
I don't even know that I actually could have peace in my life. I didn't even know that I could go to sleep and actually not be afraid. I didn't know that I could wake up and feel like I have purpose. I didn't even know, right? But now that you see it because the veil is gone. So that's what Paul is saying. So the first thing you gotta do is you have to align yourself to God as your dad. And the second thing you need to do is you gotta remove the veil. Well, he's gonna remove the veil. But if you recognize that you have a veil, that's where you pray. Lord, I want that veil gone. (laughs) I don't want that in my life. Why? Because when you see what's available to you, godly strength floods inside of you. Supernatural strength. The next verse, verse 17, it says, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Here's what I want you to see. Until you understand who God is as your dad, these next things are not gonna come. You might see them a little bit, but the fullness of what these verses mean, it is a progression of prayer. It is a steps of transformation, okay? And here's where we get a little bit off. I I am all about, we have to believe and agree and confess and all of that. But if we're confessing, but we're not partnering, then we're off. Then all of a sudden we're at the end of our life and we're going, I thought these things were true, but they never took root. Here's why. Because again, the Lord is not gonna come alongside you and give you all the blessings so that you can feel loved because you already are loved right? We're not going for the riches of his grace to feel better about ourselves. We have to understand who we are before him first so that these other things can come along. So it's kind of like a BuzzFeed quiz, you guys on Facebook, where you're like, you know, which Jonas brother am I or whatever? You know, if you see those go around, right? It's kind of like that. You're going to look at these steps and you're going to go, where am I on these steps? And then it's going to tell you, here's where you are. And we're gonna talk more about that in a second. But here's what it means. By constantly using your faith. Okay, when I was pregnant with my last child a couple years ago, I was walking on the treadmill. I was super determined that I was gonna have a really healthy pregnancy. That was a a really funny thought at this point. And um, I was like, I'm gonna work out every day. You know, I'm I'm gonna really do this well. And my first time on the treadmill, within six minutes, I felt like somebody stabbed me in the side. So that was not a pleasant feeling. And that feeling went on for almost two years, off and on. And I thought it was pregnancy-related pain, and I talked to my doctor about it, and she agreed, yeah, it's probably, you know, related to the baby and whatnot. So I just kind of dismissed it. So the baby is born, a year goes by, and every now and then I have this strange pain in my side. And over the last several months, it's been coming back, and particularly when I sleep. And when I roll from one side to the other, it feels like somebody, like, rips open my muscles. It's not pleasant. And so I started, my mind started wondering and thinking, oh shoot, maybe something's really wrong, you know, just kind of going through all the check boxes. So I went to my doctor and I said, I I can't figure out why I have this pain. And we started talking about it and he said, I'm going to send you to physical therapy for for some sessions and let's see if we can fix it that way. So the long, the long story short would be that we think it was probably a tear in my abdomen that was maybe trying to become a hernia type situation. So fantastic, way too much TMI. But... So I'm talking with the physical therapist and he says, here's what we're gonna do. You, I'm gonna give you these exercises and I need you to do them every single day because a normal muscle, when it tears, it heals back like this and it's stronger. He said, when your muscle tore, it healed back like this and so it can't work. So when you're turning and you're, you're aggravating that muscle, it, does, it can't work like a real muscle and I thought, that explains a lot of how I feel. So he gave me these exercises. One of the exercises I could not even physically do, not because it was hard, but because it addressed right where the tear was and it wouldn't like, let me do it. It was a very strange experience. 
And so I went back two weeks later and I said, I gotta be honest, the whole doing this everyday thing is not really my deal. Like I'm not an athlete, you know, I don't really enjoy exercising every day. And he said, well, the best thing you can do is not to not do them at all, but to do less of them. And he told me this, this was one of those moments when you're like, God, is that you talking to me? And he said, because that muscle needs to be working every day. So even if you only do five of them instead of the full 30, you need to at least do the five. And he said, because it has to get warm. The fibers have to move if you want it to be healed. And when I look at this verse, this is what I see, that we are to be constantly using our faith like a muscle. Amy Little did such a great job talking about this at our sisterhood night, and if you want to hear more about this, grab a lady that's here that was there, and they can tell you more about it. But she talked about how your faith is like a servant that you send out on tasks for you, and when it comes back, you don't give it a break, you send it out for something else right? It was so, I loved what she was saying about that. And I think that's what this is talking about here, the constantly using your faith. So some of us, our muscles are ready. That's not me, but you know, for some of us, our muscles are ready. We're training, right? You're CrossFit people, and you can be lifting heavy things. But for some of us who have a tear, maybe you need a little physical therapy, but it doesn't mean that you don't use your faith. It just means you are more selective of what you apply it to. You see what I'm saying? Here's what happens when we use our faith. So we've connected to God as the Father. We've become aware of everything that's available to us, which has caused supernatural might and divine explosive power to flood us and give us strength. And then because now we feel strong and confident, we start working out our faith. We start believing things. We start stepping out and trusting God. And by doing that, it says right here, the life of Christ gets released deep inside of you. See, the life of Christ is in you when you know Jesus. We've been talking about this every week for the last two months, that you are positioned in Christ, that he is in you and you are in him, but he becomes released in you by the constant working of your faith. So if you need to be more like Jesus, you need to be working your faith. And what happens is when he gets released deep inside of you, he becomes, and I love this, this is so powerful, he becomes the resting place of your life. He becomes the source and the root of your life. What does that look like? It looks like Jesus in the boat when the storm is raging all around him and all the disciples are freaking out like this is the end and he's like, you guys are okay? We're good here. I'm sleeping. Why? Because the source and the root of his life is peace and trust in God. Jesus wants that for every single one of us. He wants it so that when the circumstances of life come and we get to feel a little bit shaken, that we don't get, we don't get blown off course, that we're standing there firm, trusting that Jesus is the source and root of our life. But that happens when we connect and align with God as our Father. And then we have his unlimitedness unveiled before us and we experience, do you see, do you see the progression here? All right, so we're gonna be flooded with strength then we're gonna use our faith. Get my steps here. And then Jesus is gonna sink really deep. You guys excited to see what happens next? I know I am. All right, 18 and 19. Then, okay, so picture this. You have been doing all of these things. God has been leading you along these places. You have been using your faith. It's been causing the life of Jesus to be released inside of you. You're finding that you're being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And once those things have happened, catch this then, okay? That in other words, this will happen once that has. 
all right? Then you will be empowered to discover with every, what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Wow. I read that and I get so excited and I'm like, Lord, whatever I have to do to get this into me, this green line right here that transcends our understanding is the mind blown. It blows your mind. That's what that means there. This is how good God is. So once you're on this journey with him, then you become empowered to discover. And when you are empowered to discover, what you are discovering is the love of Christ in all its dimensions. Here's what's important to note about that. There is always more for you to discover. You will always be on a journey where you feel like you're so overwhelmed at how big the table is. That's what it's supposed to be like. If we ever get to a point where we feel like we've discovered all, something is really wrong. And we do sometimes, and it's sometimes it's pride, sometimes it's apathy. It, you know, there's lots of different things that cause that, but when you catch that feeling in yourself, you gotta stop and say, no, no, no. This process God wants me to be on is to constantly being empowered to discover all of it, and all of it is unlimited. So I gotta reframe, start over, re-engage, right? Oh, it's so good. Here's what I want you to note here. From 14 to 19, okay, so these scriptures that we just read, I believe this is the journey for every single person on the earth. I believe this is what God wants for every believer, hands down, but also we know it's inclusive. So for all people, God wants all people to come through the door of Jesus to have their relationship with God, their Father, restored so that they can come to a place where they are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. When you are overflowing, people notice because you overflow on them, right? If you've ever tried to carry a large bucket of water, especially like kids camp and stuff like that, where they go, okay, now carry this from here to there and go as fast as you can, and it's sloshing all over the place and everybody's wet, right? That's what the picture of a New Testament believer is. If you get near me, you better watch out. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be sent to the Horn of Africa to go, you know, be in the bush with no electricity and, and sharing the gospel with people. That might be what God has for you. But for most of us, it's going overflow right where you are. Overflow right in your home. So the grumpy ones get a little bit of water on them, right? Overflow right at your job. So people start going, what is up with you? And then instead of you going, I don't know, I'm just kind of a happy person, you go, you know what, I'm on this transformation process that you can be on too. Let me introduce you to my dad. You guys tracking with me? Everybody say, I want the fullness. <laughs> I know some of you don't believe it, but it's okay. I want the fullness for you. So we're gonna fill to overflow. And then the next thing is really interesting. I'm gonna run out of room here. Verse 20, it starts with this, never doubt. Here's what I think is so cool. We as believers, especially American believers because we're all about our own happiness, we pick 320 out and we go, yes, God, more than I could ever ask or imagine. And we completely miss this whole process that just happened right before it, right? Every single step I just said to you, we could leave today and spend the rest of our lives going for that and it would be the most amazing, radical, on fire life ever. But God is so good that he's like, I'm not actually just gonna stop there. 
And so he goes, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. Never doubt that. And he says, he, being God the Father, will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. For some of us dreamers in the room, that's a crazy thought. For me, you know, I, I don't know about you, but you go to those, um, you hear prophetic words and somebody says, hey, the Lord wants you to know to dream bigger. That's not a word I think God's ever gonna give to me, right? I think the Lord's like, hey, Rach, <laughs> let's shelf some of those dreams for a minute while we get some of this stuff worked on. But no, the Lord is like, even the craziest dream your brain can think of, I wanna go farther and bigger than that. And so he says, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Fulfilling crazy dreams is exhausting, but God and his power will energize you to keep the work going. If your dream is to feel loved or feel famous or feel special or feel validated, you're gonna be really exhausted. But if your dream is partnering with God as your dad and just having fun exploring all the limitless possibilities in the kingdom, you will never be exhausted because his power will constantly energize you. I heard this quote, and I think it's, it really messed with my mind, so you're welcome. Um, but it's this. It says that the double portion is the smallest in the kingdom of God. In the Bible, the double portion is the smallest of what's offered. But somehow in our minds and our limited thinking, because we haven't seen God do more than we could ask, and so the double portion seems astronomical. But what would it look like if we were willing to participate with God in each of these steps and say, you know what, Lord, I can see this in me. It's got to go. It doesn't help me get to this next point. You know what, Lord, as I'm using my faith, I'm finding tears in my muscles, and I got to go fix that. I got to go work on that. I got to go surrender stuff. I got to go receive your healing. I got to, you see what I'm saying? And we work with him so that we can get to the next part and then the next part. And then he does infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. Put this one in all caps for you, more than you can imagine. And the last part of this journey is another one that I don't know why we never talk about it, but verse 21. It says, and now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. We are thanking God for the things that he's already done and the things that he wants to do as he does more than you can ask or imagine. And I don't know if you can see this now, but this is a cycle. It starts with him and it ends with him. If I had the ability to float these boards in a circle, I would. But I made them like this because I want you to see that it's almost like a game board. It's almost like steps. Because it is steps, it is progressional, and God wants this for each and every one of you. And you know what my prayer is, and you guys that know me, you know this about me. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my time believing something that I'm not going to see happen in my life. Life is too short. I don't want to be delusional. I want to go, if this is true, God, then I want to see it in my life. Maybe it's a relationship. If this is true, then I want to see this more than I could imagine what's going to happen with that relationship happen in my life. But how do we get that? Paul has put it right here plainly before you. As long as we can catch the until and then so that those moments are containers, they're marker points. So my hope for you is that you guys will look at this and you'll say, all right, this is right where I am. 
and not feel bad about that. I shared this with you guys about a year or two ago, but one of my kids, he, he could not put his own shirt on to save his life, the poor guy. It's just, it was miserable. Every day I would be like, let me show you, this is the armhole and this is the head hole. And he would get trapped in the shirt almost every day, you know? So I could say to him, you know what, dude, you're four, you should be able to dress yourself now. And he gets lost in the clothes and I have to keep going to help him. And I could get frustrated with him about that. Or I could just go, this is where you're at. Is the frustration going to do anything helpful? No. But saying, this is where you're at, that's going to be helpful to him. Or I can look and I can say, all right, let's slow down. Let's catch right where you are. You guys tracking with me? The Lord looks at us in the same way as a little kid lost in a shirt. (laughs) All of this is available to you, but you got to own up to right where you are and not feel bad about that. And just go, this is where I am, Lord. Help me. Help me move to the next phase. And I genuinely believe that he wants that for you. So, all right, in a minute we're going to take some time and we're going to ask the Lord to help us highlight, but then we're going to do this. And I told you guys at the beginning of this series that we were going to be doing a lot of different challenges and and opportunities for you to partner with the Lord. And I just want to say that, you know, your faith is on you. Our job as pastors and leaders here is to provide opportunities for you to use your faith. It's to provide teaching for you to help you understand yourself more. But I can't be God for you, and I can't be the one who makes God work for you. Because God designed you to connect to him like a father, like a really good, perfect father. And so what we're doing in this process is creating opportunities for you to constantly work that faith to figure out where there might be tears, to figure out where you need to be stronger, but it's really on you. And I don't mean that as a heavy thing, I just mean that as sort of like relieving, honestly, to me. I don't want somebody else to be responsible for my faith. I wanna understand that Jesus is leading me as he's leading you. So what we're gonna do is we are inviting you into a three-day church-wide fast. Everybody say, oh, Jesus. And so here's what I'm going to say. I want us to all pick something to fast from. For some of us, you know, there's dietary or health reasons that you can't fast from food, and that's totally fine. Nobody's going to judge you. You're going to ask the Lord, what do I fast from? It may be social media. It may be Coke. It may be, it's not going to be your spouse. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be reading your Bible, but you're going to fast something that you do all of the time. You're going to ask the Lord, and you're going to give it up if you want to. And when you do that, you're replacing it with cultivating a hunger for Jesus in your life. And so here's the way that we're going to look at this fast. Um, We're going to take the Monday morning through Wednesday night, and we're asking you to give something up, whatever you feel like the Lord leads you to do. And I'm telling you right now, none of us are going to judge you for what you feel like God is saying because God is your perfect dad, okay? It doesn't have to make sense to me. So you're going to give something up. You're going to spend the next three days. I want you to set aside at least 10 minutes, at least, with the Lord and say, God, where am I at in this process? And I'm asking for a breakthrough to get to the next level or the next spot, okay? And it's, it's really that simple. And then Wednesday night, you can put this slide up, Grant. Wednesday night, we're going to be having a pra, 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 prayer time. <laughs> See what I did there, keeping you awake? We're going to have a prayer night at 7 o'clock here in this building, so we won't be having youth that night. They're going to be here um, with us, and we're going to be encountering God. It's going to be an hour long. Grant's going to be leading it. We'll have the music cranked up. You'll have time to get on your face or your back or your bottom, however you want to meet with God and sitting in a chair or whatever, to meet with the Lord and say, God, I want to meet right where you are because here's my feeling about this. Life is too short to just hear this and then walk away. 
right? Life is too short to go, this is a really nice inspirational thing. I think I'm at level two. I'm, I'm still behind the veil, but you know, someday I'll get there. No, when God breathes on where you are, take that as permission to go to the next place. If I had taken that picture of the banquet, this is what happened on the last of that picture. And, and as I, I took those two rolls or whatever they were off the table and they immediately did not disappear. They replenished immediately. And I thought to myself, that was nice. And the next thing that the minister said to me, he said, you have to keep taking. And so what happened was I began to take more. And the, then I ended up scooping. And I was scooping gigantic things off of this table. And they were not going away. It was constantly replenishing. What would have happened in my faith if I had looked at that and said, two rolls is good. That's a nice snack. Eventually, I'll get around to the next part. No, guys, life is too short. Your family is depending on you becoming the best version of yourself that you can. And the world, too. There are people who want to come to Jesus because they know you because of how you are at your job because you're overflowing on them, right? It doesn't have to be complicated, but it does take action. It requires partnership. So we're providing this fast as an opportunity for you guys. We're going to be doing some social media stuff. Um, we'll be doing, I think, like a Facebook Live on Monday and on Tuesday. And then we'll be together in this room on Wednesday. You can break your fast before or after the prayer time. It's really up to you. You talk it over with your family and God. And you decide what you feel like the Lord is saying for you. But this is what we're going to do together. And I am genuinely believing something is going to happen in your life. Something is going to happen. You're going to have an aha moment about something that you didn't see that way before. You're going to have the revelation that you're looking for. If you feel stuck, I believe it with all my heart. When you set aside time for Jesus, the word does not fail. When he says, when you seek him, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. So if you're sitting there and you need him to do something, there is an answer. You just have to seek him, okay? All right. Put my seatbelt back on. So... Here's where I want us to land today. I'm going to read this over you one more time. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you right where you are. And I am saying right now, we're making a declaration, there is no judgment in this place. Because when the Holy Spirit convicts, it is the most empowering feeling that there is. When the world or the flesh or the devil condemns you, it feels like terrible right? It doesn't feel good. You don't feel inspired. But when the Holy Spirit convicts, you feel inspired. Why? Because he makes it happen for you. He gives you that supernatural strength to let go of the things that you need to be not doing that you're doing, okay? So I'm going to read this over you. We are asking the Holy Spirit to breathe holy conviction on you, not condemnation. If you feel bad about it, flush those thoughts and ask the Lord to speak to you again. Here we go. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in earth, in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he, the Father, would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then, you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and how far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. 
endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding, this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity, amen. And so Holy Spirit, we come before you this morning and we open up our heart to you and we just say, you are a safe place. And we welcome your leadership in our life because Lord, we wanna see you bring us to a place where we are so fulfilled in you. I'm asking Lord for every person that doesn't know you as their father, as their dad, I'm asking right now that you would pierce their hearts with your unconditional, amazing, accepting love right now in Jesus' name. We just speak a flood of that father heart love over each and every one of us today. And Lord, we're coming before you and for all of us that understand you're a good and perfect dad, but we have not yet had that veil removed. We remove that veil right now in Jesus' name. We ask you to place pictures, scriptures, revelations in our hearts and in our minds of what that unlimited riches of your grace and favor and mercy and love look like. And we thank you that as you take that veil down, Lord, that you are flooding us with spiritual strength. Lord, I'm asking right now for godly confidence to rise up in every person, for your divine might and explosive power to be at work in all of our lives. For those of us that need to say no to things that are ensnaring us and holding us back, let your divine might and explosive power rise up inside of them right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we use our faith, as we constantly use our faith, would you teach us how to believe you and what to believe for? And Lord, we ask for that life of Christ to, we thank you that it's in us and we ask for it to be released in us right now in Jesus' name and we ask that it goes deep, 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 down into the essence of who we are, that it becomes the very source and root of our life. And Lord, I thank you that you have empowered us to discover what all of us are available to discover, how amazing your love is and how it includes each and every one of us and how it is enduring. And so when we feel like we've exhausted you, Lord, would you remind us that your love is enduring forever? When we feel like you surely have to be annoyed with us because of how hard we've made it on you, Lord, would you come and would you help us know how enduring and perfect your love is right now? And Lord, we're asking that, that this love would blow our minds, that it would be so extravagant that it would be something that overflows in every part of our life. And Lord, I pray right now over every doubt, we just cancel those doubts right now in Jesus' name. We come out of agreement with doubt that you might not do this for me and we come into agreement with the fact that you have made this available to me through your grace and through your mercy. Lord, we thank you that you're gonna do even more than we could ever imagine over our relationships, over our marriages, over our children, over our careers over the peace that we need in our heart, over the freedom that we need in our spirits, you're gonna do even more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so we thank you, and we give you praise, and we give you praise even beforehand, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.